Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. For those who are new to Finest Work Songs, maybe those Almond Brothers fans who have stumbled upon this epipod, what is it we do here? Yes, Matt, on Finest Work Songs, we just love to talk about classic music, classic albums. Sometimes it is an album that is universally acclaimed as a classic album, something like you know, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life, Willie Nelson's Red-Headed Stepchild. Sometimes it's something that's maybe... <laughs> Red-Headed red Stepchild. <laughs> oh <laughs> what if he had a whole album and he had adopted a kid and it was just called Red-Headed Stepchild? It's terrible. Yeah. Like purposely, like just a bad album. And he's just <laughs> ripping on the kid. Willie Nelson's Red-Headed Stranger. But sometimes it's other albums that are kind of on the outer fringes of being deemed classic. Or sometimes it's an album that one of us really, really loves. And we're just trying to convince the other of its greatness. But at the end of the day, we just love to talk about classic music and classic albums. You know, we don't discuss the albums ahead of time. We don't discuss ideas. We We're, really don't really talk much. No. Until we get together. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan yeah. of you. It's pretty obvious. Have you been listening to my other podcast? <laughs> oh, man. Talking about Matt. It's like number three on iTunes. Yeah, man. We just hit 150 episodes. <laughs> we... And it's just you. Well, I have guests on. <laughs> Everyone who's been a guest on here, I have on <laughs> they there. They're like immediately like, I got to go on your other show. <laughs> I got a lot to get off my chest. Oh, man. And you might think that what we do here is frivolous. But Matt, we're doing noble work here. The powers that be are doing some damage over the airwaves. Hmm. I don't know if it's Illuminati or, sure. or what. It really hit me this week when I heard this song. You got a fast car. I want to take it to anywhere. Maybe we make That's not Tracy Chapman. Nope. So this is a country version by Luke Combs. Number one. Oh, yeah. North Carolina's own Luke Combs. Really? Yep. Where's he from? He went to Appalachian State. This song is massive. It's kind of a note-for-note note redoing. Is I mean, it? So I intentionally didn't listen to it. I didn't want to go at it alone, Matt. I needed you. Okay. There's even some inflections that she makes on verses that he makes the same inflections. Here's my issue with it. When Tracy sings it, mm -hmm. she's singing from, she's a female person of color. Mm -hmm. She is poor in this story, works in a market as a checkout girl. You feel the struggle with powerlessness. Yeah. It's hard to hear Luke Combs singing, I work in the market as a checkout girl, which he sings. <laughs> we started yeah. off the maybe season. Maybe he heard it. Maybe he heard our epipod. He heard our epipod and was like, you're right, that is a perfect We've song. we got to do that. I've it was a perfect it. song. And it still is, Tracy. The only counter I will make to that is we've joked before about the rise of bro country. And it's all about red solo cups and drinking on the lake and, and yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> you take the context of it being originally told from the perspective of a poor black woman. You put it in sort of every person mold it is a country-ish story at the heart of country music being uphill battles and working class working class and struggling mm -hmm. at least from this point it's kind of a country-ish story okay. of struggle and all that i will say the other good part about this is it i believe has made Tracy Chapman, the first black female artist to have a number one song on the country charts. Really? Another great accolade for Tracy Chapman. She's made half a million off of his version. Probably. Because that's what yeah. reportedly. Oh, that what it is? Yeah. Half a million? I talk about he didn't change it, but you know what? He didn't change it. He didn't mess it up. He didn't mess it up. I think it's yeah. kind of lame. It's almost karaoke. The music is so <laughs> on point to yeah. hers. Let me hear the end when he gets going. I, I had a feeling Someone, be someone, 
I want to see the looks on a lot of the country fans' faces when they go out and buy her album and they, they start listening, like talking about revolution. Yeah. Oh, this isn't quite... The domestic abuse in yeah, the air. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's been a great season, Matt. It's been a really we, good season. We only had a few guests, but they were great. Mm-hmm. Caleb Smith and Danny yeah. Rosen. I think we've continued to expand the genres that we're talking about. The fact that we're trying to tackle things that we may not know as well or one of us may not know as well it's been a fun season in yeah that regard i feel like i learned a lot about dolly about yeah. marvin gay the violent films that was such a surprise yeah. their yeah. whole story i kind of developed a better appreciation from matchbox 20 yeah and rob thomas oh bobby t <laughs> i wonder if he ever went by bob bob thomas i think we could make a case that rob thomas should be called bob thomas okay and bob dylan should be called rob dylan rob thomas has one of the most popular songs ever <laughs> With Smooth. I don't know if Bob Dylan ever did that. It's like he's taking Bob Dylan's name. Like It's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. When you get old, you retire. You hand it over. So I think that Bob should hand over Bob. Yeah, he needs to hand it over. You shall forth be known as Bob. (laughs) Bob Thomas. Oh, Bob Dylan. No, no, no. I'm Rob Dylan now. (laughs) It always makes me laugh because you have people out there listening going, what is wrong with these guys? They have a music podcast and they're <laughs> slamming Bob Dylan. You should know that we're only doing that just to twist the to, knife. Yeah. It? Dwayne Davis, our Bob Dylan expert. Resident Bob Dylan. Yeah, expert. that's right. He's on standby anytime we need him just yeah. to chime in with <laughs> Bob Dylan, his Dylan's clopedia. I just made up a yeah. weird venereal disease, I think. <laughs> <laughs> We love Bob Dylan. We yes. love you, Dwayne. Yes. Yeah, it's been a fun season. And one of the fun parts about this season was our new segment, Share Time. Those cymbals, man. Oh, they're strong. Yeah, Share's drummer is just killing it. <laughs> The drummer is killing it. Yeah. That's not Cher. What? Of course that's Cher. Not Cher. Oh, Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. I really thought that was Cher. Sorry no, I mean, I could kind of see where you would think that, but All not right. Cher. While I look up who Cher is, why don't you uh, <laughs> tell the listeners what Cher time is? Yes. Cher time is our time to make little recommendations or offer up some things that maybe we're watching or listening to or reading that we think the finest work fans might care to know about. Might be something that we've come across lately that we just want to pass along to you, dear listener. So what do you got for us today, Matt? What do you want to share with the fans? Yeah, so for share time, this Epipod, I'm actually piggybacking on a previous share time recommendation. You did such a good job with the Quit Sleeping on the Beach Boys Spotify playlist. Oh, thanks. The new one is up too. The new one? My new Quit Sleeping On okay. playlist Okay, you want to give up. a shout out to that or do you want to... No, you folks can go find out what it is. Okay, so Matt has done a couple Quit Sleeping On dot 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 playlists. So I have created one, I call it, Quit sleeping on late model REM. Okay. So it is all post Bill Berry. Excellent. From the album up all the way to collapse into now. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and say that those albums hold up to life's first pageant and automatic for the people right. and all that, but it did give me a greater appreciation for a lot of the songs from that part of REM's catalog. Awesome. I can't wait to see what you picked for that. I'm sure you'll rip it apart. Well, you can tune into my other podcast, Talking <laughs> About Matt, to find out. What about you? You got something for us for share time? Yeah, I want to share Luke Combs' is a new song <laughs> called Fast Car. <laughs> nice. I think he wrote it. I don't have anything this time, but... Okay. 
Thanks for another installment of Share Time. The symbols. He's hitting two symbols. Love this one guy like like a marching band. As we mentioned, this is our Listener's Choice Epipod. Matt, why don't you tell us about the competition this season? Yeah, Listener's Choice, for those of you who are new to Finest Work Songs, is our opportunity to let you, the Finest Work fan, decide which album we're talking about to end the season. And we do this in a variety of ways. This year, we requested interested fans to do a review of this podcast using AI, using chat GPT, just to see what comes from it. In the end, we had four finalists that went head to head. Kyle Hip, longtime fan, previous winner. He wanted to hear Eat a Peach by the Allman Brothers. Mm-hmm. Katie Hip wanted us to do Rilo Kylie's The Execution of All Things. It's like an episode of succession between those the Hip family. Yeah, right. Kyle Chambers wanted us to do Live at Leeds by The Who. And then previous guest Whitney Chambers wanted us to do Nocturnal by everyone's favorite Malaysian artist, Yuna. <laughs> Which we'll probably do one anyway. Oh, sure. At least one. We let the Binus Work fans vote via social media on the winner. I do want to read a couple of the chat GPT produced reviews. And what was the prompt? The prompt was to write a short review about this podcast using keywords and references from our podcast. Okay. I won't read all of it, but uh, Kyle's read something like finest work songs is a raleigh based podcast about your finest hour it is hosted by two white men <laughs> that sums it up that sums it up about your finest hour i love that it grabbed the line from right. the rem song the show has many segments that include sharing what they learned today and one where they invent elaborate punishments for each other if they can't pick a song they don't like oh my gosh how did it know that in one ongoing segment they try to read email from listeners but mistakenly read email from the spam folder instead suggesting they are technologically illiterate (laughs) and then it says they occasionally get around to music (laughs) part of katie hips chat gpt review says the release schedule for the podcast, referred to as Epipods by the host, is inconsistent, but the fans don't seem to mind. Occasionally, the podcast hosts a listener's choice contest in which the hip siblings have been successful. The bear is a good show. <laughs> Man, that AI is creepily accurate. It really is. But also, it's so For, condescending. Yeah, it's very condescending. Yeah. I would have enjoyed any of those. Katie, that Rilo Kylie album is excellent. I was not familiar with Yuna, but I would have enjoyed exploring a new artist. Mm -hmm. My only issue is, Kyle Chambers, you were trying to get us to listen to a (laughs) 33-track album. That thing was insane. How would we ever have tackled that? In his defense, I mean, we are going to talk about an album that has a song that's essentially that's one thirty-three side of minutes album. long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's true. Both Kyles are just giggling off to the side, like, "Hey, <laughs> let's see them tackle this." But in the end, once again, Kyle comes out on top, and so we are going to be doing the Almond Brothers eat a punch. So let's talk about the band, Matt. Yeah. The Allman Brothers. It's like the Everly Brothers. There's just two of them, right? Just two of them. I didn't do any research beyond that. <laughs> so There's Bobby and Stan, <laughs> I think. Are Bobby Allman. <laughs> Dwayne Allman formed the band. He gets together with J-Mo on drums, pulls in Barry Oakley mm-hmm. to play bass. Right. Good, solid foundation. Not bad. Except that he wants more. 
he brings in Dickie Betts to also play lead guitar. Still not enough. He needs another drummer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to have two drummers. Two drummers <laughs> right. in this band. <laughs> and so Butch Trucks comes in. Different ones were singing, but nobody really could carry it. Right. And Dwayne said, I got to get my baby brother out here. Baby bro. It's like the Roman Roy of the band. <laughs> Speaking of succession. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So he gets his baby brother in to take vocals and to play keys. The two drummers thing, I was a little apprehensive about. Sure. Jamo was an excellent drummer, but apparently Dwayne wanted two drummers because in his words, Otis Redding and James Brown have two. That's fair enough. <laughs> Which is great because it's not like he was trying to be Otis Redding or James Brown. Yeah. Jamo wasn't a powerful drummer. Jazz background. Mm-hmm. He had toured with some soul people, but they brought in Butch. And according to Dickie Betts, we needed Butch who had that drive and strength, freight train, meat and potatoes thing. Sure. Initially, Matt, how'd you feel about those double drums on this album? I love it. I felt like they rarely get in the way of each other. It could easily be messy and just noisy and grating. And they had an ear for it. They knew how to work together. Yeah, I agree. They have a unique sound and they're credited by some as Dwayne Allman starting Southern Rock, mm-hmm. which he dismissed because he said that's like saying rock, rock, because rock comes from the South. Right. I thought that was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. A lot of that was because they were generous. J-Mo brought in a jazz influence and made them all listen to jazz. Mm-hmm. Dickie Betts pushed things in a country direction, and they all had their different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. When you bring that together, and no one really wins, but instead they listen to each other and play off one yep. another, yep. and you got the Allman Brothers. It's not like they came from super wealthy backgrounds they were struggling to make ends meet for a long time they were even being fed by restaurants in macon who would just give them scraps and leftovers make sure they survived yeah so it was just hard scrabble kind of life it was all about the music and the drugs drugs cost money yeah (laughs) uh, yeah, you're right it seems like just a great complimentary group of people who through sheer luck and timing come together with a shared vision, even if they all have individual skills and visions of their own. So they formed in 1969. They put out two studio releases, Almond Brothers Band and Ottawa Wild South, mm-hmm. and then realized that it really was their live show that made them stand apart. Mm-hmm. And so they put out at Fillmore East. They spoke highly of Bill Graham, who also loved them, yeah. and had them close out the Fillmore. When mm-hmm. it was shutting down, he brought them in. And apparently the Beach Boys showed up. This is 1971, I think. Beach Boys showed up, and they demanded to close, uh-huh. which I think we can guess which Beach Boy yeah. demanded to close. Mike Love, you're the worst. <laughs> and Bill Graham was like, pack your bags. There's only one band and one band only who's going to close <laughs> this out. That's the Allman Brothers. It was that at Fillmore East that really had them jump out. And so then their fourth album, Eat a Peach, comes out in 1972. It's got some live. It's got mm-hmm. some studio stuff. First track, Ain't Wasting Time No More. this for his brother who died in a motorcycle accident while they were making this album yeah had just come out of rehab a few of them went to rehab Mm -hmm. you know they say he was clean 
a, a truck sort of comes in his way, he swerves around it. Yeah. And it's a motorcycle and falls off it and it lands on him and he skids another 60 feet or something. He didn't die at the scene. They tried to help him, but off or not. 24 years 24. Old. And also, they'd only been around two years. Yeah. They were already huge. Right. Dwayne Allman was really the heartbeat and the leader. Yeah. By all accounts, they said he was just an excellent leader. So he's the leader. Knowing that, they face this decision point, whether they keep going on or not. They apparently all decide they want to keep doing it, so they do it. And then even the lyrics of this, you can hear the sort of pain of, from Greg talking about Dwayne of, you know, with the help of God and true friends, I've come to realize I still have two strong legs and even wings to fly. Yeah, you got to think that that's got to be just a incredibly difficult thing to not only decide to keep going as a band, but then to think we still have an album to finish. Well, they were very much a family. Yeah. They had six members in the band and six people on the road crew. Wow. And they paid their crew. Even when they weren't getting paid, yeah. they made sure the crew was getting paid. Nice. Yeah, it was a brotherhood. They all got matching tattoos of a mushroom, <laughs> which tells you kind of what the priority <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, where their heads were. Yeah, so I think it was different than a normal band who, hey, we put an ad in the paper, you know, right, right. drummer needed. Those bands wouldn't continue, but the Allman Brothers were definitely going to keep going. Mm -hmm. Even Dwayne hated it being called the Allman Brothers because he didn't want it to be like about him. He wanted yeah. it to be about the band. The band. We're all going to be on the cover of, mm -hmm. and, and on one, they put the crew on the back mm -hmm. of, the, of the album. Yeah. So then they grabbed some live tracks because the live stuff was so good. And then they also painfully went into the studio and tried to figure out how to move on mm -hmm. without The Rock. Dwayne, The Rock Dwayne. Allman. That's what they called him. The OG. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then even, I think on this one, that's Dickie Betts on slide guitar, sort of picking up the mantle because that's what Dwayne was known for. Mm -hmm. And I'd say he does a pretty good job with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dickie Betts, man. He's like Scottie Pippen. He is like Scottie Pippen. He's that good, but mm -hmm. you're overshadowed because you're in a band with Dwayne Allman. Right. You're with Jordan. At the funeral, his brother played a song that Dwayne always liked, but that they had never recorded. And that ended up being Melissa. Man, they love talking about gypsies in the oh, 60s you and just 70s. Totally stole my thunder. <laughs> really? They even talk about gypsies on multiple songs yeah. on this album. Yeah. Can you still say gypsies? Or is that kind uh, of. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably, probably not. Yeah. So this is written by Greg in 1967. Wow. Their dad was killed like in a bar fight or something mm -hmm. when they were 12 or something. Mm -hmm. something yeah. Like that, yeah. So very formative age. Their dad dies. They moved to Florida. It's similar to the Van Halen family. One brother gets a guitar and then the other one takes it and does a better job. Right. Dwayne dropped out of high school mm -hmm. because he was so obsessed with music. They put together a band, the Almond Joys, which is like 
Really, y'all? Okay. <laughs> they got signed. They're out in L.A., mm-hmm. and they were kind of stuck. They didn't like the direction. They didn't like the support. Dwayne cuts and runs, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Greg has to stay. He's in, under a contract. He said it was Jackson Brown, mm. and that's kind of who taught him how to write songs. Not bad. Yeah. So Dwayne goes, he's doing session work for Wilson Pickett at Muscle Shoals Recording Studio, forms the Allman Brothers, finally gets Greg. He sold the publishing rights to this song. Later, thankfully, the manager was able to get it, half of it back. But it has a songwriting credit for someone who just owns the publishing owns rights. The rights. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that guy's rich. Yeah, that guy's doing okay. But yeah, he comes back east to Macon and completes the Allman Brothers. But this song apparently was never... Never in consideration because, you know, didn't sound like them. Didn't sound like them. And I think this was one of those Greg Allman songs that he was kind of keeping in his back pocket for a solo album mm-hmm. you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. And thank God it got the Allman Brothers treatment. Someone will say, oh, name yeah. the top three Allman Brothers songs. And this has got to be in that top three. It almost was Delilah, Matt. Oh. Sweet Delilah. Sweet Delilah. Which just does not feel the same. No, it doesn't. Apparently Greg was in the uh, grocery store and heard a lady saying, don't run away, Melissa. <laughs> to her kid if melissa had been an obedient child it would be delilah in addition to loving gypsies they also love naming songs after people like real names oh yeah melissa you've got jessica got little martha you've got in memory of elizabeth reed i mean blue sky blue sky which we'll get to dickie bet's wife blue sky there are a whole lot of other bands that are that dedicated to using real names in their song titles that's true that gives you an idea of the Allman Brothers from a studio standpoint, mm-hmm. but I was grateful that this had some live jams, like Mountain Jam, which is over 33 minutes long. <laughs> and listening to that in one take, uh-huh. you just zone out. You do. I was like, Kyle Hip, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Making me listen to this 33-minute jam song with no words to it. But I was mowing the lawn, and I've got the, the noise-canceling headphones, and so I can hear it really well. And it grew on me. First of all, it, neither one of us are big jam band people. No. i got to think there was a little bit of a, a wink and a smile from Kyle knowing oh, yeah. that this was on there. And then on the LP version of this, Mountain Jam is so long, it takes up two sides of, of an album. Oh, my gosh. It's like side two and side four. Not even side two and three, yeah. but two and four. And, they, and everybody gets a solo. Oh, everybody. Both drummers get <laughs> their own solos. There's a bass solo. Yeah. I thought that that would immediately be the song that I remove at the end yeah. when we do that, but mm-hmm. it really grew on me. So, spoiler, it's not my song. You'll see what it is. Yeah. As a drummer, I grew fascinated with listening to that song mm-hmm. because of how those two played together. Yeah. That's the thing, man, is that they are so tight together. There are such nuances to drummers. You've got people who sit behind the beat. You've mm-hmm. got people who stay on top of it. I mean, there's a lot that could go wrong mm-hmm. with them. They are so impressive as drummers. Yep. We're not going to uh, make y'all listen to Mountain Jam. Like, what can we play of it? Like, <laughs> Seriously. Even like a couple minutes isn't going to give you a, a taste of the whole thing. Here, I'll, I'll give you a little taste. I'm just going to click play uh-huh. and click to the middle. <laughs> nice. That's one of two drum solos. Busy bees. All right. Instead, we're going to do another one from the live show at Fillmore East. This is One Way Out.
it's night and day studio versus live with these guys yeah the live stuff drew me in and it made the other stuff so boring really yeah, yeah. like it was fine but the energy these guys have yeah. one of the best live albums of all time probably one of the best live bands of all time yeah and they'd only been together two years matt <laughs> that's insane and they've got two drummers and they've got two drummers <laughs> As much as I love being in the like on a trip, Ramblin' Man comes on. It's just such a great driving kind of song. And Blue Sky is one of my favorite Almond Brothers songs of all time. But to me, like that's the Almond Brothers sound, one way out. Yeah. That interplay between Dwayne and Dickie, that's where it's like alchemy. It just all comes together perfectly. Let's talk about Jordan and Pippin here. I'm gonna play a little bit. The first guitar that you hear is going to be Dickie Betts. Yeah. I think it was the two of them that introduced this twin guitar. Mm-hmm. Harmony, because Dickie said that most of the time he would play and Dwayne would just come in on top of it. Mm-hmm. Underrated guitarist, I think. Yeah. He's on those top 100, but he's like in the 50s and 60s right. where Dwayne is in the top 20 always, yep. if not the top 10. Mm-hmm. I think with Dickie Betts, too, you've got a little bit of an element of not necessarily survivor's guilt, but like Dwayne left us too young. Dwayne was the leader of the band. Yeah. He dies tragically. Dickie kind of gets a little kooky. As he gets older, yeah, leaves the band. You know, he's not in the Allman Brothers later on. But you've got to give him credit for stepping in, becoming the de facto leader after Dwayne's death. And they go on to create some really magical stuff with him kind of leading the way. But I think that's part of it, too. It's like we like to think, oh, man, it stinks that Hendrix dies young. And right. Cobain dies young and all this stuff. But they could have lived and produced some schlock. And it sort of changes your perception of them. But We've just got this narrow window of output with Dwayne Allman, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And Dickie Betts gets kind of dinged for not being that. And apparently they weren't close, but they just had such respect for one another. Dickie called it this thin line of competing but not trying to overpower. Yeah. So let's take a listen. First guitar you're going to hear is Dickie Betts, and then the, the slide that comes in is Dwayne. Dwayne slides in. Dwayne has a slide, and that's what everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's a rock and roll story with that. Okay. I think he'd had surgery, and his brother brought him some album that had slide on it or mm-hmm. something, some blues, some thing, blues thing, and then gave him a pill bottle. He dumps all the pills out, uses that bottle to slide, and then in like an hour, he's like, come in here, you know, and, and he's mastered the whole album. <laughs> and that's the only slide he used yeah. for the next three years. From then on. <laughs> Matt, do you feel like his early death contributes to him being ranked so high and revered as a guitarist or are you like no man he's Dwayne Allman yeah I think his high ranking is justified I also don't think it hurts him that he died young you have a very condensed body of work that is just mind-blowing and stats are stats and his stats are amazing yeah when you've got people like Clapton mesmerized by him wanting to know who's this guy playing guitar yeah let's talk about that so he had played with Wilson Pickett, mm-hmm. and he was the one who said, you should do Hey Jude. Wilson Pickett <laughs> nice. and Tom Dowd, who was their producer, who is one of those people that when you look at what he's produced, every band, everybody, and they were like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. The Beatles are number one, and that's a number one song. Why would we record right. it? Dwayne apparently was just so happy-go-lucky. I was like, let's do it.
Who's got the better scream in that song? Pickett or McCartney on the Beatles Ooh. version? They're very similar. McCartney does a good one. I'm so fond of Paul McCartney in that song, especially. Right. But man, I don't know, Wilson. He brings it. Yeah. <laughs> good. So Eric Clapton hears that and wants to find out who he is. They get together and, you know, apparently it was kismet. Is that what they call it? Yes, I think so. <laughs> nice. You got two guitar gods. There was no talk. Apparently they just played for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, you can hear some of it if you want. Not my thing. But it was great. And he tried to get him to join Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah. Matt, can you imagine how insufferable that would be? Yeah, well, with there's those that. Two? It's neat to have them get together, but yeah. I don't need to hear that. I don't yeah. need to hear those two guitars all the time. Yeah. To that point, I think part of the reason the Allman Brothers work so well is Dickie and Dwayne are different enough. If Dwayne and Eric Clapton are in a band together, it's the same sound over and over and That's over. right. Apparently, he just made that Derek and the Dominoes album come to life. Yeah. Matt, I did not know that he played on Layla. I didn't know that until many years ago. Yeah. yeah. The slide that you hear, which you just assume every guitar you hear on an Eric Clapton <laughs> track is him. This is Dwayne Allman. Man, it really does lift the song. Yeah, it does. And then they come in with that back-end piano part. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I'm not a big fan. You're not? It sounds like a completely different song, yeah. which I'm okay with. I'm fine with different movements. I mean, I like Rush, after all. Oh, gosh. But, yeah. like, I've never been a huge Layla fan anyway. Speaking of songs named after girls. Yeah, there you go. And he played all over that album. Like I said, they credit Dwayne with birthing Southern Rock. Mm -hmm. I think this next song, Matt, is a great example of what people mean when they say Southern Rock. Yes. I know you said earlier that the studio tracks on this album can be a little boring to you. Mm -hmm. Is that your thought on this one as well? Yeah. I said before, this is kind of what people think of with Southern Rock. Yeah. This or it's something like One Way Out. Yeah. Given the two, mm -hmm. the more country direction that Dickie Betts takes the band after Dwayne's death with right. Ramblin' Man, Jessica, and this, um, which Dwayne did play on this. Yeah. So that's Dwayne and Dickie, one of the last things that he played before he died. Mm -hmm. I don't like that Southern rock. Sounds like the Doobie Ooh, Brothers. Okay. I fell in love so much with One Way Out and that feel that I don't love the sort of bouncy Southern rock. Gotcha. I think what makes this one so pertinent to me is you've still got the duality of the two of them playing. They're interplaying off each other. Yeah. That as well. So it feels live to me in a lot yeah. of ways with that. And I'm sure they recorded it yeah, live. Yeah. And it's also, we get to hear Dickie Betts sing a song and it sounds like he wanted 
Greg to sing it. And they were like, no, this is your song. You should sing this one. I can't imagine Blue Sky without Dickie Betts singing it. I can't either, but I don't like his voice. You don't like his voice? And I love Greg's voice. Yeah. So yeah, this song, man. This might be my favorite Allman Brothers song. Okay. I will give you that. I love the double guitars. Double guitars. So much, especially this right here. That's a special part of that song, for sure. It really is just the difference between Dwayne had such a blues influence that it tempered Dickie's country, country. thing. When yep. you remove the thing, it leans more country. Sure. I like it. More blues leaning. Do you like Ramblin' Man? Not really. Not really. The stuff Dickie Betts did. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. <laughs> it's the country part. Yeah. Sure. And it's not that I don't like country music. It's just that what the Allman Brothers are in Southern Rock. There's also a fact that he sings about Carolina. I thought of you right away yeah. when he sang that. I was, I was like, like oh man, Matt loves check, this. Check mark. Listeners, Matt always has to tie it back to North Carolina, which he does. I've done twice now. Yeah. Sometimes we try and tie it back to my hometown. And so I can actually do that with okay. the Allman Brothers too, Matt. Let's do it. You know, I was born in Norfolk. The Allman Brothers' dad was stabbed and killed in Norfolk. What? <laughs> So, ding. There you go. <laughs> Not quite as romantic as like <laughs> okay, okay. going back to Carolina there in a song. Go. So, as a middle and high schooler, I had a bias against Southern rock, against a lot of classic rock because it was kind of like I'd ride to school with friends and it'd be like Led Zeppelin and yeah. ACDC and Aerosmith. And it was fine. And I liked it okay. Then it just got to be like, oh, this is so lame. You know, I wanted like alternative stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like heavy metal. But it was like, I, felt like Southern rock was like such a bad genre of music. Yeah. Typically, you know, you get to college and you expand your musical palette. And I did, but I also, I had some sweet mates a freshman year of college. You'd sit around at night and just listen to music and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I got exposed to this album. Oh, really? Thanks to Steve Brown and Chase Farrell and and my suite who like exposed me to Southern rock. Some of it was a little bit of Leonard Skinner, which I can still kind of take or leave. Yeah. Some of, some of that stuff. But the Allman Brothers, I just remember sitting in the dorm just being blown away. Yeah. Yes, it's Southern rock. Yes, it's blues. It's country. And there's jam band aspects to it, mm-hmm. which make it feel energetic and fresh and live. I then went on and I gave a listen to like the Marshall Tucker band. I was like, oh, okay, it's another kind of a cool take on Southern rock. They've got a flute for crying out loud. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know? I've never listened to them before. Yeah. I mean, they've got some, some interesting takes on it too. I mean, yeah. Well, and then even, you know, you got the Black Crows. Black Crows. And they're amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Whitney Chambers, our Black Crows guest. One of the things with Southern Rock is the association with the rebel flag and rednecks and kind of a backward mentality that it can be associated with. That apparently is one of the reasons that the Allman Brothers didn't like the term. Southern Rock. Yeah, to be associated with those things. They had an African-American drummer. Yeah. I think the Allman Brothers just kind of can bridge that gap between if you've got sort of a bias against Southern rock and country. You can look at it and go, okay, there's more to it than just rebel flags and middle fingers at Yankees and stuff right. like that. Right. We didn't talk about it. So like a year after Dwayne died on a motorcycle, mm-hmm. Barry Oakley dies on a motorcycle. Right. Macon, Georgia is like such an integral part to the Allman Brothers story. Yeah. I've had the opportunity the last year to go there twice for different reasons. You were paying homage to Greg and oh, uh, Oakley. Yeah. Like they got very next to each other. Yeah, at Rose Hill Cemetery. There in Macon, like J-Mo and Dickie Betts are the only two surviving original members. And everyone else are buried in the same oh, they are? plot in the cemetery. I knew that the yeah. first two, but wow. They're, they're all there. That cemetery was where they hung out. 
that's where they got the names for the songs Little Martha and In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. You can see the, the gravestones for oh, wow. all those people. But man, like Macon, what an amazing, understated music city. So you got Little Richard, you got the Allman Brothers. Mike Mills and Bill Berry went to high school there. Yep. Mike Connell and David Connell, the Connells, went there. Okay. They went to, I think, the same high school. As each other, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's usually how it works. So now we have come to the portion of our Epipod listeners where we challenge one another to remove a song. And so, Matt, the Allman Brothers are going to invite you to uh, take a little motorcycle trip Ooh. with them nice. <laughs> if you don't remove a song. No, thank you. Yeah. So what song would you remove from Eat a Peach? The song I would remove is Le Brer in A Minor. I kind of went into this going, oh, it's probably going to be Mountain Jam. Mm-hmm. I ain't got time for 33 minutes yeah. jam sessions. But Mountain Jam's pretty good. Yep. And this one's not as good. There's too much of a cacophony of noise. And it's mm-hmm. every other song on here is just so much better. What about you? Matt? Uh, I would take off Blue Sky. I knew it. <laughs> Bastard. I'm not trying to be contentious because, yes, Labrayers in A minor or whatever, yeah. the buildup is painful. When it gets going, it's in okay. that vein of the Almond Brothers that I like. Okay. Yeah, man. Sorry. I can respect that. I can respect that. See, that's the difference between you and I. When you say something stupid, I never say I can respect that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now it's time for your senior quote. Senior yearbook, underneath your picture, you get a chance to put a quote that talks about the journey you've traveled on the road that lies ahead. Uh, the crossroads yes and gypsies gypsies yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want it to God, be the road goes on forever so <laughs> if you were if you were choosing a senior quote from this album matt what would it be so this one um was both kind of easy and also kind of painful for me okay it would be from blue sky being an nc state guy this pains me to use this one but there are growing up in north carolina there are no doubt thousands of kids who wanting to go to university of north carolina Mm -hmm. and so you could easily see where someone who's going there their senior quote would be going to carolina it won't be long and i'll be there okay what about you mine would be from ain't wasted time no more you don't need no gypsy to tell you why. You can't let one precious day to slip by. Nice. Which, his grammar in this album it's, it's, sometimes... It's pretty horrible. And it's not because of the gypsy part. It's just a lot of the <laughs> other ones were like, I still got two legs and I can fly. And I'm like, no, I'm no. just trying to say time is precious. <laughs> yeah. The gypsy snuck in there. That's a good one. As they tend to do. <laughs> as they do in every other song by the Allman Brothers. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle, again. Thank you, Kyle. I give Kyle a hard time, but I'll say this. We started this podcast as kind of a brotherhood. Yeah. It's like we're like the Almond Brothers. Most people do refer to us as the Almond Brothers of podcasting. Right. That's right. Of course, so I'm we're going gonna... to bits who you hate. <laughs> I want to be JMO. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean we're going to be buried together. Together. Yeah, sure. Right? The record industry was trying to get them to be something they weren't. Sure. And they refused. They said we're making music for ourselves. And that's similar to us. Like we started sure. this podcast where it's like we're going to make this for ourselves. We're not going to do something to just try and please people. We want something that we would enjoy listening to. When we do this, we're not thinking, oh, we're going to impress people. We're sharing things that we enjoy. And so it's fun that we get that from y'all. Like, Mm -hmm. Kyle, this was a gift to me. I'd never listened to the Allman Brothers. And I spent the past week just listening. And again, I listened to Mountain Jam more times than I needed to. (laughs) Knowing that we weren't going to sit there and review the whole thing. I really dug it. Thank you, Kyle. We've been so fortunate to have such loyal listeners like Kyle and Katie and 
the other Kyle and Whitney. And I mean, like everyone who who has been with us from the beginning and those of you who have hopped on here of late, it's been so much fun to do this. As we wrap up the season, just thank you for letting us do this. As I like to refer to it as a dumb little show, but it's not a dumb <laughs> little show. It's actually, it's a lot of fun. It means a lot to us to do it. And so thank you for letting us do this. We'll be back soon with season nine. In the meantime, if you haven't heard all the episodes, go back and listen to our other episodes. You can check us out on our website, finestworksongs.com. You can listen to us wherever you enjoy podcasts. Engage with us on social media at finestworksongs and check out our Facebook page. And, and check us out on threads, man. Threads. We're on threads, y'all. Check out our Spotify playlist. Hit up our link tree. You can see our videos. Yeah, you can dig into all this content until season nine starts. I'm going to take you out today, Matt, since you love Blue Sky so much. I'm going to take you out on the Joan Baez version. Oh. It sucks. Actually, now I freaking hate Blue Sky. How about taking you out on that? I'll take you out on this.